Hello, and welcome to the Immortals season finale. My name is Rishi Chaudhary, and I'm here with Ishan Shivanan, an executive coach and wellness expert, who is also the founder of the Yoga of Immortals program. Mr. Shivanan, how are you? Very happy to be here. I am also here today with Dr. Avadut Shivanand. He is the current master of the ancient 10,000-year-old Shivyog unbroken lineage. Babaji, how are you? Thank you. Namah Shivaya. I'm very good. Uh, so today we have a few questions um, that Babaji and Ishanji are both going to be answering today. So I have a question for both of you. The first question is... Will everyone's meditation experience be the same or will they be different? How do beginners know if they're doing a meditation correctly? Well, uh, it depends how you view yourself. If you think you are just monkeys in human clothes, then you would probably think that everybody has the same meditation experience and it's just a protocol and path that we have to follow because we are just monkeys in clothes but if there is a thought process and when you were young the psychological medicine of ancient Vedic texts was provided to you then you will know that you are a cosmic being with unlimited untapped potential and if you are meditating to unlock the infinity within you then definitely every single human being's meditative process has to be different because there are infinite probabilities you are thinking about here that is why in the ancient lineage when it comes to meditation the masters never write books upon their experiences. The masters never tell you that this is right, this is wrong. They just give you the process and they tell you, take a deep dive. According to your own psychic impressions, you are going to have a journey. Celebrate that journey, embrace that journey and the goal is to find the infinite within. So the answer is simple. What do you think about yourself? Are you a monkey? Or are you the cosmos itself? So thank you. Babaji, same question to you. What do you think people should look for when they are having meditation experience? Because this is a very good question that Rishi asked. A lot of people, uh, when they come to the Shivir, they see some people having emotional experience some people shaking and even though they are feeling peaceful and amazing uh, they feel uh, left out that why did they not have that same physical experience so my question i'll tweak it a little bit for you is number one how do we feel based upon our experiences that we are benefiting the way we should through meditation because when we are working out it is easy to measure we can get on a scale and we can measure if we have lost weight or inches or whatever it is our goal is but when it comes to meditation sometimes the outcome can be a little bit vague 
so what is it we should look for and based upon the shiv yoga lineage how does a seeker know that he is getting the maximum out of his sadhana practice ji baba ji first of all when a person is meditating he starts experiencing the bliss it's it's beyond happiness and sorrow he start experiencing the bliss is a peace which is very important and another thing is that every person before he comes for the meditation he has programmed so many unresolved issues in his subconscious mind in his conscious mind and in his cellular mind as i mentioned that you are not a single individual but you are a community of 55 trillion cells and every cell has a mind of its own and whatever experiences you are getting in from this world it is going in your conscious mind and through that you transfer that to your subconscious and of course through the reflex action you program that in your cellular mind and then if it is more of fighting more of trying to grab your share more of people are not doing good to you creates a message in you and it creates resentment unhappiness frustration and that is when you are going to do any action <clears throat> i always say you have a neuro pathway in your cellular system you have the nerves and then you have the no uh, neuro pathway if it is a uh, experience of fighting is a neuro pathway of fighting even if you don't want to fight but the reflex action is you fight if you have more experience of you will fail then it is a neuro pathway of failure so you are very cautiously trying to succeed but you say oh i am so unlucky other people are succeeding and i fail but basically you are a single individual and you have created a neuro pathway this i will explain to you as i said the physically the physical is if a person wants to be a real good football player then even if he is a very good player but he practice football every day morning and evening two three times why he is doing because when he is playing he creating a neuro pathway now it is the action in every sport is the reflex action and what is the reflex action medically i will explain to you when something is there your eyes they see and then these eyes they send a message to your brain and then your brain decide what is the action you have to do and then it gives the instructions to your legs to your hands but if you are playing a cricket and you see the ball is coming fast ball is coming and and and, and the, your eyes is sending a message to the brain and brain is sending a message to your uh, legs to create a footwork and and your hands to hit by that time the ball will hit the wickets 
So then they are practicing every day. So what they are doing is when they are practicing every day, after some time, you create a neuropathway. So medically, there is another thing is the <coughs> your autonomic nervous system. That is from the brain, it is the medulla and the spinal cord. And then from that spine is the nerves. They all are get sending the impulses. So when you are practicing that, and then when you act, it's a reflex action. I, I used to teach him the martial art. So he used to practice really half day. He is going to practice the same stance or same kata. His master was quite tough and he would sweat and he would go on doing. So why he was doing? Because the same thing he is practicing to create a neuro pathway. If the child is doing Bharatanatyam, so why the child is practicing is a neuro pathway. So it's a neuro pathway of success and not of failure. So similarly, the meditation is also creating a neuro pathway. Whereas already the person has created a neuro pathway by judging others and others, they have judged him and then their action and so much of frustration and so much of unresolved issues and so many failures. And the reflex action is that. Even if he's trying to do, he fails. And he says, no, I'm not unlucky. Other people are just enjoying and still they succeed. And I'm, I don't enjoy and I fail. Because answer is within you. You, are, you have created a neuropathway. So when you do the sadhana, when Ishan said, some people, they cry. The cry is a release. <clears throat> Whatever is programmed in your a cellular mind, your conscious and subconscious mind, something unwanted, which is not good for you, you release. So there is a very fast release. So suddenly they cry, they move, there is so much of energy. So they shake and then they are normal and so much of peace is there. So every day when you are doing the sadhana, you are releasing those unwanted programming which is there within you, which is a bad neuropathway, which is a bad, which is going to influence the bad reflex action. And you are connecting to the cosmic vibration. And I always, I'm a fan of Einstein and he has scientifically proven and mentioned the quantum physics principle E is equal to MC square. I want all of you to remember the vibration. Now your mind, your cellular mind, through your neuropathway, through your reflex action, creates the what? Vibrations. Remember that. In the Harvard University, the research was done on different individuals. And they found a person when he is healthy, he is emitting the vibration of 67.8 hertz resonance. He is healthy. But if a person is emitting lower vibration, say around 50 hertz resonance, 
First of all, he is depressed. He has no open mind. And that's what you will find. A person is abluent and a person is like this. And if you ask me a question and I say, huh? Oh, yeah. So what is it? I am emitting a suppressed vibration and suppressed vibrations are not going to bring success because the vibration gave birth to energy and energy gives birth to the physical reality. So this physical reality is a uh, failure reality. It's not success which is coming. And your action also, the reflex action is not the action of success or you want to achieve success, but you're okay. So when you do the Shiv Yoga Sadhana, you deprogram all the unwanted right from the childhood till now, whatever wrong things are there, you deprogram. And then when you start vibrating, to the higher frequency and that's what they said that if your vibrational frequency so they they measure through the uh, cellular vibration and they say if it is less than 50 then a person is going to be sick or sick and if it is much more than that then he is suffering from cancer because the cancer the medically whatever you say but the cellular behavior is the dissonance behavior of the cells. So those 55 trillion cells, they're moving on this direction, that direction. So when you are doing the sadhana, it helps. And that's what in the cosmic medicine, um, I had mentioned that it has to be an integrative approach. Integrative is uh, the doctors, they are giving treatment, but at the same time, you do the yoga of immortals, and you do the Shibyok meditation. When you're doing all that, you are training your cellular mind and whatever the garbage which a person unknowingly has stored in his subconscious mind or in the cellular mind, so he is releasing all that. So God has given you a lot of, the universe has given you a wonderful equipment, but already we have so much of virus because in computer though when the virus is there a wonderful computer is not working so same way the unresolved issues are the virus and the reflex action you can find out the people they say they say fighting is wonderful but no you must emit so powerful vibration that everybody start flowing with your you you become a tornado of success so wherever you are, everybody around you is, the project is becoming a successful. That is one way of, in silence you are doing, creating a neuropathway. So the vibration of success gives the energy of success and the energy of success gives the physical reality of the success. So not only you are successful, but everybody who is in your aura become successful and for that it is very important that you must do the Shiva Yoga Sadhana, the meditation and more that for the youth because the if you have to train the 55 trillion cellular mind 
and focus them into the right direction. So that is how the masters, they invented the yoga of immortals. With the yoga of immortals, it's not only the physical health, but the mental health, the practitioners they get. Emotional health, the practitioners they get. The mental health, the emotional health, <coughs> the physical health. So, great. The sadhana. So know thyself. When you know yourself, then you are at peace. You are more successful. Thank you. Thank you. And for our next question, for Ishanji now. Um, so some, some people find it very difficult to focus in meditation. I know a lot of people who've tried meditating in my generation, they find it very difficult to focus and concentrate during meditation. So are there any tips that you would suggest um, for those people, but also people who are trying meditation for the first time on like how, how tips on how to face this inability to concentrate during meditation? First of all, we must understand that we are living in an attention economy. Meaning, a group of engineers somewhere, brilliant minds, are working day in and day out to grab your attention. And the thing what uh, our great Babaji just explained is that we train ourselves. And when we train ourselves, uh, our body starts to get conditioned and uh, sort of like a programming. It's intracellular memory taking over. Even in our mind, it's the gestalt taking over. So consciously, we are not doing something subconsciously. You know, it's just it's just happening. Things are happening, like driving. Driving happens. Like eating. Eating happens. You don't do eating. You know, it happens. You just buy a bunch of popcorn and a big soda and you go and then you're watching the movie and eating is happening. You're not doing eating. It's just munch, munch, crunch, crunch. And right now, we have been trained that the environment around us is a VUCA environment. And a VUCA environment means um, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. Because that's what makes our attention span intrigued. So if we are watching a news piece and if it's VUCA, then we are more alert and we watch closely because, oh, uh, a, you know, a news piece that, that tells us we are threatened, our existence is threatened, our identity is threatened, then we give our attention. So if you have trained to experience existentialism in a VUCA environment and suddenly you come to me for meditation and within five minutes you want to let go of all your programming, you want to let go of all the threats that has been force-fed into your brain and you just want to listen to this funny guy with a beard with an accent and say to you, ah, it's all fine, let's meditate, it's fine then rather than feeling peace, you will feel a sort of hatred towards me. Because you will tell me that how can you say like this? You will go into a state of cognitive dissonance, a state of shock, 
that I have access to a lot of information, even though that information is fake, even though it is a manufactured circumstance that has been provided to you, you will still feel that because the person in front doesn't know that this is my attitude, you will feel a sense of threat. And that is why it is very, very important to have this, this hope and trust when you are commencing the journey of meditation. Hope and trust are one of the biggest psychological medicines that can be provided. People are always talking about pharmaceutical medicines and I understand pharmaceutical, when it's necessary, it works. But you have to understand that the same pharmaceutical doesn't work when you are talking about the mind. The mind needs its own psychological medicine. You can't just say that all these feelings of hope and trust and love and belonging and acceptance can come from a pill. People have tried that and they are failing miserably. That is why we are living in a world that has created the VUCA environment and everybody is going through a mental health crisis. Spirituality gives you these things that you cannot gain from a pill. This is the same psychological developmental tools that everybody needs. Just like we know this today, that if a child is not comforted when he's young, it leads to traumatic incidences which will come out in some form of psychological disorder in the present moment. So just like the body has nutritional needs and if you don't provide, there'll be deficiencies. There could be scurvy, there could be goiter, etc, etc. In the same way, there are psychological needs. If not provided, it will create a deficiency. So when you are coming to a spiritual practice, the thing is that the West is doing a lot of good work, but they are taking out the psychological nutrition from a spiritual practice. Because spiritual practices were all about community. They were all about good people coming together, what we call satsang. It was all about somebody who's very wise, very intelligent, who's reached somewhere, who's sitting and sharing and nurturing the young who are yet to go into the life. It was all about a wise master guru. You know, the guru is a powerful word from my culture. I'm not talking about the bastardized version that the West uses today. Because right now, everybody is a guru. Everybody can be a marketing guru, a management guru, a this and a that guru. It is, it is wrong. It is demeaning to my culture. Guru meant a person who is now unconditional, who has now reached to the top of the Maslow's need hierarchy, who is now actualized and who can now share his powerful wisdom with the young, who can provide those psychological medicine, the psychological nutrition, that movement which we need. We need the community. We need to be surrounded by people that have the same belief systems as us. We need to have that approach where we are taught to love the nature around us. We are taught to go beyond than just being the basic animal that our endocrinology can make us. We are human beings. We are psychological beings. And the guru with his movement, with his art, provided us that. So if you are thinking of learning meditation, it's like thinking that I'm hungry and I need food. 
if you want food definitely you can have easily accessible food like microwave food like ready to eat food or like junk food where you will be filled but you will be filled with shit you know so if you want to be full of shit sure have easy to uh, prepare food and yes it's delicious yes it's fast but definitely it is not nutritious the same can happen okay now i want meditation i just go to the app store find an app you know it's fast meditation and it's just there it's it's giving me fulfilling one need but leaving all the plethora of needs unfulfilled and the same is if you want food you can think about investing some more time learn some more things learn about healing herbs learn about ayurveda learn about native medicine learn about your own body things that will actually heal you and then food can become medicine so even meditation is medication provided it's the right meditation so if you say you can't meditate it's like saying you have tried the fast food meditation that's that's a commodity it's simple it's a product of capitalism and it has been made into a commodity and that commodity is not perfect it, it's it's just there it's just there to check the boxes so if you are saying that i tried that i tried that psychological medicine but it didn't provide me any benefit so i can't meditate then i say to you fine now let us try another approach let us not take junk food let us take some time some persistence some perseverance and some education to eat the right food and once you do the right meditation that comes from the guru from the person who fulfills your psychological needs gives you the psychological medicine gives you meditation as medication then automatically you will feel awesome and amazing and then it's not a matter of oh i want to do this or i can't do this then it's a matter of i need this it works and hence i am doing this because it generates value in my life it's like first going to the gym when you go first you don't like to go to the gym because it's it's just a lot but then when you start to see the results then you're like hmm, maybe it's not so bad and then you want to go to the gym again and then somewhere down the process you just like going to the gym and you start finding joy in that pain of course there's joy in pain have you ever seen a crossfitter he's in so much pain but he's in so much joy at the same time and you look at a monk the monastery from where i come from i would see all these people meditating doing all these asanas and they look visibly in pain they are definitely in pain you know doing all that exercises you were there in the art of dying you saw how much i would make people go through but they were loving every second of it and one day when i didn't make them do the kriyas i thought they'll be happy but they're like where's that pain we like that pain that pain develops us it makes us grow we want to do those intense meditations because you derive value from it So if you are thinking it's going to happen in one minute no if you are thinking it's going to happen in one day probably if you have the right teacher so here if you think you can't meditate number 1 you need a right source of knowledge number 2 you need persistent effort and number 
you need to have your psychological needs fulfilled a community of achievers and like minded people with whom when you meditate with those needs that are being ignored in today's world they will get fulfilled because remember social media doesn't fulfill any psychological need it gives an illusion of fulfilling psychological needs it is plastic food and if you eat it what happens if you eat plastic food my friend what happens well that's not if you will. of course you'll get sick and you'll probably even die but then somebody says eat more eat more eat more maybe then you'll get effect social media you know they will fulfill our psychological needs do more do more do more is harming us more but we are confused because you know it was supposed to bring us together is not real food is not real psychological connection so you come to a guru he has this lovely group of people achieving you sit you meditate you feel a sense of belonging you grow and you spread the love and that's what meditation is if you see meditation as something selfish to be consumed like a gucci bag you know i just want it ah, it won't work but if you see meditation as as love and compassion as something that you'll take and then you'll spread then it will work phenomenally it's not a commodity it's a way of life so yes baba ji do you want to add something to this oh this is wonderful i'm very happy that my uh, disciple my son is really giving a lot of wisdom did we record this he he said good things about me are we recording yeah nice so you heard it here folks baba ji is happy with me so <laughs> bless you next question All right. So our next question is uh so for my generation, personally, I was born into Shiv Yoga. I was born into Shiv Yoga. Parents were already doing meditation. Mom sat me down and said, "Okay, you're going to do meditation now." We had a forum at our house, and I was a 10-year-old kid, and I was like, "Why am I sitting here for 2 hours closing my eyes and watching this guy on screen?" tell us how to breathe. I didn't understand how to do that and my mom kept enforcing it on me but it made me like stray away from it. I didn't want to do the meditation. So for those parents who really want to give these tools to their kids um how how do they give it to their kids and so they can benefit from it? They give they give you these tools but then the kids reject those tools. They're like no no, no I don't want to do this. how do you convince them to use those tools on their own so two parts to this answer one i will give one the great baba ji will give the first part you are born into this good is your legacy imagine you are born into a billionaire's house and somebody starts crying oh i was born onto money i have a billion dollars i don't want it do we ever say that no we are we are we are so happy we are born and we go catching and we embrace the yachts we embrace the uh, the jets we embrace whatever the billion dollar legacy brings to me 
And just like a person is born into money, some people are born into culture. Your heritage and civilization is one of the most beautiful that humanity has ever seen. Your civilization has given to the world such fantastic systems in preventative and promotive healthcare that the whole world, the whole wellness industry, the whole non-pharmaceutical approach towards health is inspired from your ancestors. Wouldn't you want to know where you come from? Wouldn't you want to know the great people that exist as your forefathers? The great kings that were there, the great wars that were fought, the great culture that was created, the great trials, triumphs and tragedies that your people experience. Or maybe we can watch Slumdog Millionaire and know about us. That's cool as well. Or maybe Simpsons. Look at Apu. That's your culture, is it not? Hello, come again. And I don't understand this. Why run away? Maybe we are taught to run away because, you know, when I was young and I was in the monastery and uh, my guru was trying to teach me many tough things. I always had these few people who would come to me and say, huh, you are learning from Babaji. You know what? I think you are better. You are younger. You are more handsome. You don't need Babaji. Get lost. Go. Go away. Go far away. You don't need your guru. Go far away. Be like the prodigal son. Show what's your real worth. Show, show, show. Run away. Run away from your heritage. Run away from your culture. Be like Lion King. Have you not read Hamlet? And then I used to feel, maybe... I'm young, I'm strong. Why am I being taught things? I don't need to learn things by somebody who's old and wise, who knows his stuff. I am young, I'll go away. But then I started to think, what is the motive of these advisors? Why are they telling me to run away? Simple, the moment I run away, there is a vacuum. So they fill that vacuum. Because right now, it is a lineage. Babaji teaches me, I teach you. And I teach everybody. The moment I run away, then the teachings, the knowledge, it is a vacuum. It is an open space. It is a hole made by a rabbit, which is empty, so it can be filled by a snake. So somebody comes, takes that knowledge, brands that knowledge, markets that knowledge, makes it pretty and sells it to you. The same meditation. Why sit in front of a television and look at that guy for free with your family and be happy when you can pay subscription to a company to sit in front of a phone and do so that that billionaire can be on his yacht with his latest wife or girlfriend. You have to understand Nobody hates himself. And if you hate yourself or your culture, and I'm not saying you do, but I've seen enough young people who do, then you have to ask, where is this hate coming from?
Just ask a simple question to yourself always. Where is this coming from? And where is it going? Is this hate coming from something that I've learned? Then why is somebody teaching me to hate myself? Hate my own heritage and culture where they are the ones who are profiting the most from your heritage and culture. Do you see the amount of economy that is generated outside of India? On the intellectual property of India. Do you know that I won't take the name of companies that create seeds, just seeds. And if those seeds are bought in the United States and planted in Madagascar, then Madagascar has to pay royalty to America just to plant those seeds. Why? Because America understands the power of intellectual property. China understands the power of intellectual property. We Indians are simple people. Sometimes we act too simple. We don't understand the power of our intellectual property. Everywhere our native knowledge is being utilized. But our youth don't like to utilize it. Then they become the 10 year old child that is being forced by their parents to sit in front of a place. So if the whole world is profiting out of your heritage, dancing in your mansion, swimming in your pool, should the prodigal son not return and claim truly what is his? For why should India remain poor? Why should India suffer when its intellectual property is creating billions of dollars for various companies, various startups, various uh, certification boards? So interesting. Imagine billions of dollars created and even if a percentage, even out of respect, if it is given to India, then imagine that money being reinvested in our healthcare, in our education. But that pride has to come from people like you, my friend. You have to be proud of the culture in which you are born. You should be proud of your own parents. And if you are proud over things that they've achieved, then you want to learn from them. For example, Brandon Lee, Bruce Lee's son, he saw his father, what he could do with his martial arts. So Brandon worked on his father's footstep because he appreciated and loved his parents. Maybe it is not a spiritual thing. Maybe it's, maybe we brown people need better parent-child relationships. You know, maybe our children need to learn to love us more, respect us and value what we have created and maybe then they will say that oh this is the path that my parents took and that is what helped them so i must also take this own path and fall in love with my own heritage or maybe the right information needs to be provided to our youth so that they can learn to love themselves and accept themselves and you can only love yourself and accept yourself if you love where you come from is your heritage, your roots. But if you say, oh no, I like where I am, but I don't like where I come from, then you don't like your own DNA, you don't like your own culture, you don't like anything about you, it will create a sense of friction. And then the thing is, the hole that was made by the rabbit, the snake will live in it. And the trouble is, one day you will consume the same culture, but that day it would be with a heavy cost, which is again happening. And also, I would like to mention here, 
it is not all the fault of our parents or us maybe it is the fault of the great monks also because the thing is when i was raised in the monastery i would see such great monks coming to meet baba ji with such great powers and they have washed their hands out of the world you know they think nothing you know the humanity will have their own ups and downs and 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 we have to understand we chase those monks in the himalayas because this whole concept of himalayan monks it is a very crazy concept because if you read the real indian history monks used to live with the kings guiding the kings because you need knowledge where there is civilization what will you do with this life sciences if you are sitting on top of the mountain teach to lions and tigers when india was attacked when india was made a slave the intellectual centers were targeted first the monks were targeted first systematically they were killed so they ran away to the himalayas to preserve this knowledge not because it's a very good place to meditate it's not trust me i meditated there uh, altitude sickness uh, lack of water extreme weather uh, leopard could be taking a bite of your gluteus maximus any movement how do you meditate when you are scared leopard will eat you it is a divine place yes but it is not the best place to go within the monks went there because everywhere else they were scrutinized and while they were there maybe now is the time for them to come back and that is the decision which even my father took because our legacy our heritage it was hidden and baba ji saw that in the name of our culture weird things were being taught things that have nothing to do with our culture things that are more social rather than spiritual which is funny because that is what the whole approach has become and even the parents don't know why we are doing half the things we are doing they say okay do ghanti why we are doing then some whatsapp message comes that oh when you do ghanti the vibration kills the bacteria and then we forward that and we think we are so great by killing bacteria with ghanti which is again you know and the child just googles is it true and somebody says hell no and the child say hey my parents are crazy which is silly because the real preventative and promotive healthcare comes from sushrut bogar great philosopher great scientist but the parents don't have that why because the gurus have not come down from the himalayas so when baba ji came down he made a conscious decision to once again bring a lost art and culture back to humanity now how he is treated he may be treated like prometheus who gave man the gift of fire or he may be celebrated like louis pasteur who gave the world pasteurization that we will see as time progresses and how these great men will be celebrated depends upon youth like you what are you celebrating if you are celebrating people who are bringing you this ancient knowledge this ancient fire that can help you 
then you are preserving your past and your future but if you are celebrating things that may not be that good for your holistic development then you are pushing people like this on the back burner so i would like to teach all the young children and i always request them that don't think that your relation with spirituality is correlated to your relation with your parents in my culture you could have a pathetic relationship with your parent like pralad he and his father you know they both hated each other at least the father hated him i don't know about him but still he had a good congenial relationship with his spirituality you are born with a set of parents i don't know if you are blessed with a good set or a bad set but don't let your relationship with your parent affect your relationship with your higher power you have the right to find your higher power your higher calling you have the right to develop your own spiritual approach and path and if your parents tell you that oh this is something that we follow and you sit there then don't hate it just because your parents tell you to or don't like it just because your parents tell you to observe see connect learn even if you are not benefiting at least learn so that that thing doesn't die out you don't benefit from it maybe your child will you know an art doesn't need to be killed just because it isn't useful to you if that is the case what's the difference between you and hitler you know because hitler says only things that i like should remain everything else <coughs> sometimes you preserve art not for yourself but for humanity for culture for the generations to come so if you benefit then continue learn practice and teach if you don't benefit also still learn so you can teach so that somebody else can get the benefit that your parents did and your legacy survives through you so that is my request and uh, i completely understand of being born into things you had no idea personal experience my friend look at me where i was born you were made to sit in front of a tv looking at the man i was sitting in front of the man himself so my dear baba ji my question to you is buddha said you tighten a string too much it break you loosen it too much music doesn't come you have to tighten just right and you did a good job with me you tightened me just right so what is your advice to parents who are trying to raise a culturally attuned child who can benefit from the teachings of shiv yoga and how can the parents make sure that they don't force feed the child into extinction or they don't undernourish the child into oblivion and they can find a right balance so that yes the child can have shiv yoga in his life as a part of his life but it doesn't become the only extreme personality trait that he has so how to live 200% and how to raise a child who is 200% who doesn't sound you know like fanatic culty people that we see all around us sometimes yes 
and the today the youth is very intelligent <clears throat> and we have to deal it with two ways one is the society where the reflex action the neuro pathway he has learned is he has to resist anything which comes to him whether very precious or no precious the reflex action is no i will not take it another thing is the youth is learning a science so if you talk another language he is bound to resist he say why why should i use it so the first scientific thing which the parents will have to teach them that you have enormous power within you <clears throat> so the young boy will say like i am just asking you that your parents like the shivyog forum is happening and you say why why should i sit what is there to learn so when they ask you you have enormous power within you would you like to utilize that would you like to become powerful or you would like to remain average or below average human being so what will be your answer <coughs> i want to be powerful but as a youth you'll say what is the science behind i just don't want into the bhakti yoga and all that so the parents will say first of all you have 55 trillion cells in your body and every cell has the mind of its own and every human being has the mind power and the mind power is enormous so would you like to take an access to the 55 trillion minds yes or no yeah another thing is your total mind power you are only aware of your conscious mind which is only 4% potential of your total mind power 96% mind power you don't know and 55 trillion mind power you don't know you have no access so that 96% which is the subconscious and the cellular mind if you have access do you think you will become more powerful yeah. and you will be more successful yes or no no your mind power if it increases you will not be successful oh yes <laughs> see the reflex action is the first thing we have to say no this is the example i have given you i am telling you just 4% potential of your mind power and i want to increase it to 100% so first you say no <laughs> where is why not you are a genius <clears throat> your vibrations will increase that's what in the howards they said 6 from 67 hertz 
they found some Shiv yogis they went and their vibrational frequency was 80 hertz resonance and they were surprised and they say what healthy we could tell 67 but who, who is this species and then they named it genius they said this person is genius so similarly would you like to be genius yes or average genius you can be genius if you are utilizing you have access to 100% potential 100% potential of your mind power and 55 trillion cells and that is the science that is the training which probably hundred of thousand of rupees or dollars the parents will have to spend to teach their children which according to your culture sitting at home in the forum you are learning so would you like to relish it or not yes the studies are there information is there that the students those who were getting average 35% 40% marks or generally they used to fail in their examinations but the day they started attending to the forums then they became a wonderful students in their class in their school and they started getting more than 90% marks and the parents were surprised how they are getting but they were getting Ishan used to get 98% marks and his mother was surprised that he plays he has participated in so many extra even his teacher used to surprise so many extra curricular activities and succeeding in that at the same time he is getting distinction in all the subjects and it is not a magic but you have the human being has the potential and the shivyog lineage is teaching you that potential that is the science which every youth must crave to receive and then we inculcate the reflex action of success and you succeed so once you are aware of it now would you like to attend the forum yeah you'll be crazy to attend and then the numbers the schools your teachers your core group will tell you you are a different person whatever subject because then you say my objective is to excel it's not average it's not below average but in every field where i enter has to excel and i tell you our children those who are attending the forum they excel 
Let it be Bharatanatyam, they excel. Let it be sports, they excel. Let it be debates, they excel. Let it be examination, they excel. Because it is all the power, all the instruments which are present within you at the level of the body and the mind. The Shiva Yoga awakens it. You know, when a supercomputer you purchase, so the first, when they deliver it, so what do you say the delivery has come? Yes or no? Suppose that delivery is remained and you don't open the box, will you be able to get the benefit? No. So human being is also delivered. So the awakening has to come through this meditation. And once it is awakened, then you get the real benefit. Okay. Thank you. So attend the forums. You will be awakened. Installed. Thank you. And the question should be not that uh, ah, I am born in this. It should be oh, I am born in this. I am lucky. You know, it's like being born in a billionaire's house. You are born in a billionaire mindset. So yes, I am lucky. So Ishanji Babaji, do you want to move on to the father-son talk?